the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What is your reason for existence? We've got some answers for you. We'll take a look at them today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. The Ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, welcome to Abounding Grace. Our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, has us in a little mini-series simply entitled, Why Are You Here? We're looking at Luke, verses 12 through 16 of chapter 6, as well as the book of Mark. We hope you'll join us as we spend some time understanding the foundation of our existence from God's Word and His perspective. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. So faith in Christ is a reliance, a resting of your life and future upon the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. But it also includes a second thing, and that is not only a reliance on His work, but submission to His Word. When you received Christ as your Savior, you received Him as your Lord. I have said time and again, That no one, no one can receive Christ as his Savior unless he also bows before him as his Lord. And as our Lord, we are to submit to his word. And we are able to. We say, Lord Jesus, you are my Savior. Govern me, rule me, guide me, regulate my will. I submit myself to your word. True faith always includes not simply relying on Christ as our Savior, but submitting to His Word in every area of life as our King. But now there is a third element of faith that is not very often mentioned or emphasized and yet beloved. It is as vitally important as the other two. And in fact, it's not really saving faith with all without all three of these. Saving faith is not only a conscious reliance upon Christ for salvation, it's not only a submission to the word of Christ as our King, but faith is also adoring attachment to the person of Christ. It is also adoring attachment to the person of Christ. Faith not only relies on what Christ did in the past. Faith not only believes in the Bible and allows the Bible to regulate your life. But faith is daily adoring, personal attachment to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a living person. He's the Son of God in human flesh, resurrected and glorious. And every day of your life, You may enter into personal dealings with him, talking with him, and knowing that he speaks and leads you through his word. And you know that he hears your voice. And you know that he takes interest in your life. And you can think of him day by day as good, 
close friend that is right there within your reach. And you never let loose of him. You love to think of him. You love to sing about him. You love to come to church and worship him. You love to tell other people about him. You love to do things that you know please him. And you love to share with him about what's going on in your heart. There's a great old hymn that some of you may know. It goes, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. There are some wonderful things that happened to me today, Jesus, and I I just want to share them with you. Or, I'm going through some trials, Lord, and I need to talk to you about them because I can't deal with them all by myself. Those are the words that show a personal, daily relationship that a believer has, not may have. He has with the living Christ himself. Because as a believer, he has an adoring attachment to the person of Christ. He won't let go. He's constantly there holding on to the robe of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever he knows pleases the Lord. That's what he wants to do. And time and again throughout the day. Sometimes with his head bowed and sometimes with his eyes wide open. Doing other things. He communes with Jesus Christ as two friends communicating with each other. That's what it is to be with Christ, beloved. Christ says, I'm calling these men to be with me. And of course, when he called them, he meant that literally. He he took those 12 apostles and for three years they never left his side. They traveled who knows how many miles together on foot. They ate together. They, They slept together. They prayed together. Cried together. They lived together day in and day out. Jesus and his apostles were always in each other's company. And these apostles never wanted to be anywhere else. Then in his company, that's what it is to be called by Jesus to himself. And the reason you are alive as a Christian today is because the Lord Jesus Christ wants you to be with him and enjoy daily fellowship with him. And beloved, there's only one thing in all of life that disturbs that relationship. And it's not the distance. It's not our geography. The fact that Jesus sits at the right hand of God in the heavens an infinite distance from us is no obstacle to our fellowship because the presence of the Holy Spirit is with us always. The only thing that disturbs our sweet fellowship with Jesus Christ daily is sin on our part. Nothing else disturbs, not not sickness, not even death. Nothing disturbs our relationship as Christians except our sin. When you and I live for ourselves, when we break or disregard God's commands upon us, when we pit our will against His Word, that always disrupts and ruins the sweet fellowship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus called His twelve apostles that they might be with Him, live with Him. And enjoy fellowship with him every day. And we've been called for the same purpose. So we must consciously daily be in submission to his word. Never taking any 
aspect of his word for granted. Now, this is important for us to understand as well as experience because central to Christian faith then, listen carefully, is not exclusively doing and going and serving and acting as important as all that is. The heart of Christian faith in life is not doing things and going places and performing functions. Central to Christian faith and life is being and worshiping and loving and listening and obeying and praying and fellowshipping with the living Christ. The first thing the Lord Jesus Christ called the apostles to do was not to go out and win the world to Christ. The first thing he called them to do was not to go out and evangelize the world and world missions. The text here says the first thing Jesus called these apostles to do was to be with him. It is only as they were with him that they were qualified to be his ambassadors in the world. So understand in your life, If you think that doing the right things all day long, whether you enjoy them or not, is the essence of Christian faith, let me first of all assure you that they are indispensable part of the Christian faith. But doing what you are supposed to do no matter how you feel like. But if you think doing these things defines the level of your spirituality and defines the reality of your faith and the degree of closeness to God... It shows that you have been more influenced by Phariseeism than by Christ. Because the gauge by which we judge ourselves and our relationship with Christ is not by the things we do. It is the worship, the love, the admiration that we give to Jesus Christ. It is a desire to be with Him, to always be in His company, and never, never to do anything, go anywhere, or be with anyone that would in any way, shape, or form, dull or disturb that relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why there are things that you and I as Christians are not ever going to do. That the world does. There are places that the world goes that we are not going to go. There are relationships that the world enjoys with people that we will not. Because we don't want anything to disrupt our daily fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Have there been times in which you've developed a relationship with someone and that person drew you away from Christ and made you cold and you found yourself doing and thinking things that you wouldn't ordinarily as a believer do and you found yourself thinking less about Christ? Have you gone to certain places and found yourself while you were there with certain people having fun that your relationship with Christ was being disturbed? Brothers and sisters, A Christian doesn't really care what anyone thinks. He he doesn't care what anyone else calls him. He he may be called a prude. He, He probably will be called a fanatic by many. He may be said to be holier than thou. 
You may even be called a Neanderthal. But it really doesn't matter to the Christian any longer. Because as a Christian, he's going to avoid everything he possibly can that would disturb the sweet and rich fellowship that he has with the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, above all else, has called us to be with him. Not, first of all, to do things for him. That means regularly as well as Sunday, coming together to worship Him as a body. It means doing and spending time with God, even if it's just a a little bit of time. Even if it's just reading Spurgeon's morning and evening, one paragraph in the morning and one paragraph in the evening. But as a Christian, even though in his daily lifestyle, in this fast-paced world, that's all you can do some days. Nevertheless, his heart is always yearning for more. You you just can't get enough of him. Beloved, that should be the craving and hungering that every true Christian has for the living God. He obeys Christ and he serves Christ because he first adores Christ and is so attached to him that he never wants to be anywhere else but in his company. And he does not want to do or go anywhere that will ever disrupt that relationship. Listen to this carefully. Activity in the king's business does not make up for the neglect of the king. A quote from our brother Joe Moorcraft. Listen again. Activity in the king's business does not make up for the neglect of the king. Brothers and sisters, you can work your heart out to reconstruct the world for Christ. You can work your heart out trying to raise Christian children. You can work your heart out trying to have a Christian marriage. You can work your heart out trying to have a Christian business. You can work your heart out trying to have a strong Christ-centered church. You can work your heart out trying to reconstruct our culture and our nation according to the Word of God. You can do all this hard work past the point of exhaustion. But if you neglect the king and fail to spend time with him, pretty soon you are no longer hungering to be in his company. And it really doesn't matter to you any longer if you're around him much at all. Activity in the king's business does not make up for the neglect of the king. Do you hear me, beloved? Now, why are we alive? We're alive because we have a mission from God. And that mission, first of all, is that you will be with Jesus Beloved, are you spending time with Christ? Is there anything in your life that is disturbing your communion with Him? Then repent and draw close to Him. He called you to Himself because He wants sweet fellowship with you. And it is in that fellowship that you are then motivated to serve Him and to fulfill the second part of your mission as a Christian, which we'll look at next week. Has your faith grown cold? 
do you find yourself slipping into your old ways? Then you need to examine your life and how you're spending your time. Are you spending time in Christ's presence? Beloved, a subject that I have broached on many occasions and that you'll hear me speak on many times in the future is your time in God's Word. You must understand that there is nothing in your life as important as you spending time in the Word of God. This is the very Word of God, beloved. How, how can we possibly neglect our time in it? It is our blueprint for life. It is this Word that God's Spirit uses to move us to obedience. It is this Word that His Spirit uses to help us win the victories over our temptations and the false doctrines within the church. But more important than anything else, it is this Word that God uses to draw us closer to Him and to increase our love for Him. How can we not be in this Word? And beloved, draw close to Him in prayer. Talk to Him. Tell Him of your joy for Him. Tell Him how much you need Him. Tell Him of your trials and seek His help. How can you say that you love Him and not talk to Him often? In prayer, you literally enter into His presence one-on-one. And he hears your every word. And more than that, he loves to hear from you. Don't neglect gathering with him in worship. Either on Sunday with your brethren or in family worship or private worship. Beloved, he adores your worship of him. Why? Because you are the apple of his eye and he adores you. He sacrificed his very son so that you could worship him and you would want to worship him. And in your worship, beloved, you prove your adoration for him. He is with us here this very minute in a very special way. How can we not hunger for this time every single week? You are never closer to Him in your earthly walk than when you glorify Him through congregational worship, singing His praises, bringing your tithes, proving your reliance upon Him, confessing your faith, and intently listening to His Word proclaimed. Beloved, you were born and reborn to be with Him. Jesus came to earth and was sacrificed just so you could be drawn to Him. I don't neglect any of the means that he has provided to make that possible in your life. For, beloved, that is part of why you have been given a mission by God. And if you neglect that mission, life will be overwhelming. Let me end by reading to you a quote from A.W. Tozer. from his book, The Pursuit of God.
He says, how tragic that we in this dark day have had our seeking done for us by our teachers. Everything is made to center upon the initial act of accepting Christ, a term, incidentally, which is not found in the Bible. And we are not expected thereafter to crave any further revelation of God to our souls. We have been snared in the coils of a spurious logic which insists that we have found him, we need no more seek him. This is set before us as the last word in orthodoxy, and it is taken for granted that no Bible-taught Christian ever believed otherwise. Thus, the whole testimony of the worshiping, seeking, singing church on that subject is just crisply set aside. The experienced heart theology of a grand army of fragrant saints is rejected in favor of a smug interpretation of Scripture, which would certainly have sounded strange to an Augustine or a Rutherford or a Brainerd. In the midst of this great chill, there are some, I rejoice to acknowledge, who will not be content with such shallow logic. They will admit the force of the argument and then turn away with tears to haunt some lonely place and pray, Oh God, show me thy glory. They want to taste, to touch with their hearts, to see with their inner eyes the wonder that is God. I want deliberately to encourage this mighty longing after God. The lack of it has brought us to our present lowest state. The, the stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is a result of our lack of holy desire. Complacency is a dead foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be desired. Too bad that with many of us, he waits so long, so very long in vain. Every age has its own characteristics. Right now, we are in the age of religious complexity. The simplicity which is in Christ is rarely found among us. And instead are programs, methods, or organizations, and a world of nervous activities which occupy time and attention but can never satisfy the longing of the heart. The simple things, of course, he's referring to here is reading our scripture, praying, and worship. The shallowness of our inner experience, the hollowness of our worship, and that servile imitation of the world which marks our promotional methods all testify that we in this day know God only imperfectly and the peace of God scarcely at all. If we would find God amid all the religious externals, we must first determine to find Him and then proceed in a way of simplicity. Not now as always God discovers Himself to babes and hides Himself in thick darkness from the wise and the prudent. We must simplify our approach to Him. We must strip down to essentials and they will be found to be blessedly few. We must put away all effort to impress and come with the guileless candor of childhood. If we do this without doubt, God will quickly, quickly respond. When religion has said its last word, there is little that we need other than God himself. Next week, brothers, we will 
look at the second part of our mission as Christians and why we are here. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. (music) 